HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hi, I'm Steve Jenkins. I work for Fairway Markets in the New York area. And we're awfully proud to support Heritage Radio. And we care so much about everything that goes on out here at Roberta's in their studio because they talk to people who are, are serious about food and that's what we are at Fairway is we're serious about food. We we just care very deeply about about you as a as a customer and how you cook and what you cook with and how you entertain and and that's why we love to support Heritage Radio because it, it it's pretty much the same thing. It's wanting to to find happiness through serious food and people who are serious about it and and care about learning everything there is to learn about it and that's that's we're kindred spirits if it's something worth having in your kitchen you're going to find it at, at fairway and if there's somebody worth talking to about food you're going to find them on heritage radio and we will be supporting you guys for a long long time at fairway i'm your personal grocer steve jenkins fairway market Hey, hey, I'm your host, Kathy Array, and it's another episode of Let's Eat In. This is Heritage Radio Network here at Roberta's Pizza. It's a gorgeous Monday in Brooklyn right now, and I'm joined by a couple of guys who do a lot with food. They both had various food-related backgrounds, working in kitchens, running kitchens, running pop-up restaurants, and so forth. Um, and that, now they have joined forces on a venture called i 8 nyfood.com. Check it out. We've got Will Griffin and John Meyer here. Howdy. Hi, Kathy. Thanks so much for being here. It's a pleasure to be here. Cool. So, um, Will, tell me a little bit about, or either one of you, um, what exactly is I8 NY? Do I say I8 New York or I8 NY food? We, we say I8 NY. Okay. Um, yeah. You can really say whatever you want, but we say that, and... What we do is make sandwiches uh, and other products that we sell at Smorgasburg right now. That's essentially what we're doing now. Yeah, like the hot sauce, right? Exactly. We do a, a habanero and guajillo chili hot sauce um, that we're selling at the market. So you can get your sandwich and grab some extra hot sauce on the side and go crazy with it. Absolutely. Nice. Um, so uh, Smorgasburg is the 
place that you're selling your sandwiches at, and you just started last Saturday, right? Yeah, our first day was uh, was on Saturday. It was our ha- debut. Sweet. How'd it go? Uh, it went pretty well. Did you end up going around and like grabbing other ingredients from all the vendors there? And no, we traded. We, we, we traded. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So will those make an appearance in next week's sandwiches? Some of the things that you got, or is we, that too late of a time? We no? we try to not use pre-made ingredients in our sandwiches. We try to make everything ourselves. But I guess, but there's produce there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And those, okay. We there's a lot of really delicious produce at the market that we're going to try to work into the sandwiches. Cool. Absolutely. By the way, Smorgasburg is the Brooklyn Flea Outpost in Brooklyn in Williamsburg. That is, yeah. Saturdays. Saturdays. Saturdays by the water, right by the park on Kent. How's that going? By the way, well attended. Well attended. Because it's a new thing for this summer. Just yeah, I think it's it's building. I think last Saturday was a little slower because the uh, the L train wasn't working. <laughs> Which I think is like a big is like a big deal for that market, um, from what I from what I heard, but um, but it's still I mean it was, there's still tons of people there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a long day too. I, I know the vendors are from. It started at eleven or ten. Nine. Nine. Yeah, it starts at nine. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. everybody. Everybody. Everybody works That's real hard. A long pretty day. much. Yeah, we show up at nine, but then nobody really buys anything until like. You're nine. not having a breakfast sandwich. Yeah, if you yeah. if you ever wanted to go there, like, and not and if you were like I don't know, not into crazy amounts of people um i would say go there go in the morning go yeah. in the morning that's yeah. what they say about the green market which i definitely follow um not well, that i don't like people right but. well all, all the, you, you also got to get there early if you want to get the best stuff at the green mm-hmm. market before it wilts especially in the summer nowadays but your sandwiches you're just making them on the spot so you bring stuff and you make most of it to, to order absolutely we're we're assembling and uh we have a grill at the market and we're grilling chicken, we're grilling squash, we're Whoa. toasting bread, um, and and then we're assembling sandwiches uh, to order. We're not they're not prepackaged, they're not wrapped up. They're yeah, just, uh, something about a prepackaged wrapped sandwich just kind of makes me feel sad. Yeah, it's like you go to a deli and there's a bunch of pre-wrapped sandwiches for sale, and then there's a guy making fresh sandwiches behind the counter. Yeah, and so you get a fresh sandwich from the guy making it behind the counter, right? Yeah. So okay, so as your debut, what sandwiches did you make? We had uh, we had two sandwiches that we started with last week. We had a chicken sandwich that had, we roasted chicken, we brined it, and then roasted it, and then uh, and then we uh, and then we just crisped it up on the flat top mm-hmm. uh, at the market. It had a uh, salsa verde, like an Italian herb sauce, mm-hmm. and pickled green tomatoes. And uh, did you other, have the green tomatoes already? Who has green tomatoes? At the green market. Oh, nice. yeah. There's, I mean, the guys. I think they're the greenhouse green I tomatoes. Seen them. But okay. um, cool. But yeah, you can get them there. That um, sounds great. Those guys with the long—I forgot the name of it. It's like <laughs> the long guys, like on the right when you like closest to like um, 14th Street <laughs> okay. on that side. I don't know. Um, they have like a long. Oh, green. Union Square. Okay. Yeah, yeah, in Union Square. Gotcha. I don't remember the name of the farm, but. So, um, Yes, pickled green tomatoes, salsa verde, chicken, and then the other one we we got some squash at the market, and, um, and then we made ricotta and, mm-hmm. and mint, ricotta, mm. squash, um, and a little bit of purslane. Oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. And then the sandwiches are are uh, served on rolls that we're making ourselves as well. You're making the rolls. We're That's making quite the an rolls. operation. Yeah, they're 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 pretty cool. We're um, it's we're starting out with a Levant starter. Which is yeah. a, you know a fermented wild yeast starter culture, um, and then it's we're uh, 
just doing us like a long, slow fermentation of the dough. Wow. And baking rolls um, the, day, be- the, the day before roll. each market. Yeah. Wow. Do you have like huge in, uh, industrial sized ovens or what? We do. We bake them in a, in a, you know, an industrial convection oven that, that does mm-hmm. a good job. Now, how many other food vendors are at Smorgasburg right now? Like a ready, yeah, I no. mean, ready I think, it's, I think it's around 80 or 80 yeah. or 90 or 100, some, somewhere around there. Quite a few. And you guys just kind of joined in um, at the, just the last week and um, you made it 81 or so. <laughs> yeah, we, we were the 101st vendor. No, I mean, it's, if, if anybody's looking for a great place to try a lot of different kinds of food, they should go to Smorgasburg. Absolutely. Right. It's, there's a lot of different stuff to try. And we think, you know, we think our stuff is, is, is just as good as anything else out there. Yeah. For sure. It's just like an amazing testament to so many new and just continually popping up food uh, businesses of all different stripes too. And you guys have a definitely a unique one. Um, Cause I'm at Brooklyn flea started as a flea market for crafts and vintage goods and yeah. then some food and then food and then more food took over the whole scene. Yeah. Um, we, we met a lot of cool people at the market who have operations similar to ours in that they're, you know, just mm-hmm. people doing startup food learning businesses. Learning it yeah, on, their, just, on the way. Yeah, even, you know, some people just selling at this market, other people with pop-ups mm-hmm. um, in Brooklyn who are selling at the market. And it's just a really cool um, group of like-minded people, you know, who are interested in food and making it. And Do you find this a much more, did you find this like a, did you ever, did it ever cross your mind to open a restaurant, like a small sandwich shop or was this much more feasible? And Well, yeah, having this operation, we have like, we have like, we have no employees and we have almost no overhead. So, <laughs> I mean, it's much easier than opening a restaurant, which is like, seems like, it's, I mean, it seems like a lot to gamble on. Yeah. yeah we were able to, to cobble together, um, the like small amount of money just by ourselves to, to, to start our sandwich company. Right. Maybe that's why there's so many new food companies. Definitely. It's like, um, the rent is just a little iffy. Um, and it, a, a, a big, you know, a large part of this are the people who run the flea market, the Brooklyn Flea and Smorgasburg. They have made it possible for people to start these small businesses like yeah. ours. How did that work? Did you, was there like a difficult application progress, uh, process where you had to... We, we had an in. I mean, we, uh-huh. <laughs> basically basically our, our friend Ben has a, is the, the farmer at Brooklyn Grange. Yeah. And he, he uh, was already set up yeah. at, at uh, Smorgasburg. And he introduced us to Eric Demby, one of the organizers. And... Um, and it I worked think, out. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, but I think they're still looking for people, actually. Oh, so really? So any okay. of your listeners... Yeah, because, I mean, it sounds like they're definitely making more room. I mean, Smorgasburg, the whole idea was it to make for it was to make room for all these food people that wanted to sell at Flea, and then it got too competitive, and yeah, so why not open yeah, more I markets? I think if, if people out there are interested in joining the ranks of people selling food at this thing, they should check out the, the Brooklyn Flea website and the Smorgasburg website, and there's... I believe that they're still looking for for vendors right people are talking now about like a bubble that might burst because with this all these proliferations yeah, i was of, just thinking about that yeah yeah it's kind like, of hard to imagine it's 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 amazing how much interest there is in uh, in this market like the amount of people that come through i've never i've never heard anybody like like pitch it as a bubble but it, i mean 
I wonder sometimes. Like, honestly, <laughs> how many, it's just like how many food trucks can fit in the city? Are yeah. we gonna like reach a? <laughs> I think. Nasty I think gridlock? there's yeah. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of small startup food companies out there, and a lot of them a lot of them are gonna come and go, and some others are gonna last just like any you know just like any business. But I think the thing that the, the reason that it's not a bubble in my mind is that it's just it's it's the movement is more and more people moving away from you know industrial food to this kind of more handmade food you know personable food too you meet your vendor you meet your cooks yeah and i think there's there's you know there's there's so many people out there who need to eat you know so many meals per day and there's just more and more people eating you know this kind of food every day that i think it's just a continually growing movement it's not something that's going to burst because because it is it's good stuff you know it's not like it's not built on falsehood like the other bubbles mm-hmm. you know, and without like the, the rent overage you can offer food at much more affordable price than say if you had to pay for in a restaurant yeah our sandwiches yeah. we sell our sandwiches for six dollars and like if we had a restaurant we'd i don't know yeah. They'd probably be like twelve dollars or something. Yeah. Um, they do it. And you you know you can get a sandwich from us for six dollars and you can get a Big Mac and a Coke for six dollars. So mm-hmm. it's kind of we're not we're not really charging that much of a premium for the food, you know. It's 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 cheap to you know, it's the beauty of this market is that it it allows us to sell food cheaply. Yeah. Um, using using good ingredients because we don't have all the other incidental costs and overhead that are associated with a restaurant. Right. And uh, do you find, because whenever I get a sandwich, I find that I'm so inspired by that. I want to make, I want to recreate it at home. Um, And I'm always scouting out like the best sandwiches. So um, I guess I should check out your Smorgasbord next week and (laughs) copy your sandwiches. But do you have... Yeah, come by. Yeah, I mean, I feel like what you just described was was pretty cool. I mean, not to... um, I guess like step on your talents as a cook but it sounds like it's all like really wholesome really fresh really knowable uh, ingredients that yeah that's kind of that's kind of our our angle with our sandwiches like we're Mm -hmm. not it's not necessarily like a type of food or anything but we're 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 trying to use a lot of vegetables in our in our food Mm -hmm. and and um <laughs> just like just use really high quality ingredients and keep them relatively simple, but like high impact, um, lots of acidity. What do you mean spice. by high impact? Oh, flavor wise. Just okay. Just yeah, like we you know we like to just notch all of the flavors as high as possible in the sandwiches, right. and that's you know that's that's where the art and the skill comes in. I think too, you know, beautiful ingredients are one thing, and they and they're delicious, but you know taking it to the next level is about you know making just doing simple do, yeah, yeah doing doing simple sauces and pickling green tomatoes yeah just yeah. just it's it's really not complicated but it just takes some experience and some some playing around with you know with flavors with with salt with sugar with sure. vinegar you know lemon juice lemon zest um cap- capers anchovies like yeah. these are all things that we use a lot in our cooking and because because there's tricks that we've picked up over the years working in restaurants, and mm-hmm. that's really, um, you, you know, that's it. that's really where we come from in terms of our backgrounds is is working in restaurants, you know, picking up things here and there at a bunch of different restaurants and learning these little tricks, and then 
and now the transition Turning it between bread. Yeah. Now, <laughs> well, the transition that we've made now is okay. Taking all these sort of fine dining, um, fancy kind of restaurant things, and and using them just in a simpler way. You know, cool. making sandwiches using really good ingredients. And highbrow, a bit of highbrow in your average working man's lunch sandwich. <laughs> sort yeah. of, yeah, but just just you know for the purpose of making it taste good yeah you know? there's nothing like a bland sandwich anyway <laughs> so i know you guys picked out a song john what's the song uh it's our it's our it's our friend's band they're called steel phantoms cool let's and put so them on have a musical interlude be right back service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Every Tuesday at noon, Dave Arnold, the author of CookingIssues.com, will discuss new and innovative techniques, equipment, and ingredients. Call in with your own questions to see if Dave and the crew can solve your cooking issues. Again, that's Tuesdays at noon on the Heritage Radio Network. All right, we're back on Let's Eat In. I'm your host, Kathy Irway, and today we're joined by John Meyer and Will Griffin from I8NYFood.com. Howdy. Howdy. Hi. <laughs> so we are just talking a little bit about sandwiches, but so, you know, doesn't have to be a sandwich, but I just really love asking this question for everybody. What do you find to be the ultimate date meal possible ever? Like complete concocted, yeah, yeah. Surf, yeah. If it, if it if your vision incorporates many courses, then I th- some well, people are just like duck or like <laughs> people they just are, scream. They scream. Yeah, they duck. They, they blurt. Um, I think pizza. Or I think something. for me, definitely the perfect date meal is something where you cook with somebody mm-hmm. at your house. Nice. Um, for starters. Mine's, for, out, for, mine's outside. For like a first date? I'm, I, I mean, nah, I, I'm not, not necessarily cooking for me. It just has to be outside and involve oysters. It's like my ideal, <laughs> ah, ideal yeah. date. Al that's, fresco. That's, that's never been said before. Yeah. Oh, really? The oyster thing. Oyster thing? It's like an aphrodisiac, you, huh? You invented that, yeah. I just, I mean, I think it's like, um, it's, I mean, it's true, though. <laughs> Being outside, having oysters. Being outside is good. Yeah. Raw fish in general. Raw yeah. fish. That's that's Robert an interesting one. Is really? it a texture thing or? I don't know. It's like a. I don't Sorry. know. Sorry. I think it's like uh, you eat that kind of food. It's like it just kind of feels. Um, it's like not too. I think ideal date meal. Nothing too heavy. Like not duck. Nothing okay. like not <laughs> not um, not stuff that's going to make you want to take like a nap afterwards. Uh huh. Um, like something energizing. Yeah. Maybe. Like really like vibrant food. A with, salad. Like a lot of flavor. Yeah, salad, but I mean, or it doesn't have to just be raw fish. I'm not talking about like, a, I'm not talking like about a sushi dinner, but I just feel like, <laughs> um, I think like a, like a good date meal is one that's like light and like allows you to kind of have, enjoy each other's company. Do you know any like epic meal of that sort that, uh, 
that you once had? Date meal? Um, I, you know what I think is a really good um, restaurant for a date in New York is Prune. I think that's like a great one to take a date to. It's really cute, yeah. It's super cute. Small, intimate. Their food's not always that light either, but I mean, it's like really cute in there and it seems light. I feel like it has the impression yeah, I don't want to be of being light. About this light yeah. thing. I feel like I'm getting kind of. You know, it's really health, funny because all the guys say, "I want here. something really light. I want to like eat, like pick out a salad," and all the girls are like, "I want steak." I swear. It's Is funny. this on your show? That's it. Yeah. One thing I feel like cooking in restaurants has made me like just personally. I like I after cooking in restaurants, I've I've started like I I, I never want to eat like. Well, sometimes I want to eat really heavy food, but I like tend to gravitate towards things. Like I think right. a lot about how it's going to impact me for the rest of the day or okay. like the rest of the night or something like that. Because you, because like in restaurants you get staff meals and they're like almost always like, they're almost always like crowd pleaser things like, like just like super fried um, chicken, fried chicken and mac and cheese, what, you know, whatever. Um, and then you eat that stuff and then you can't work and it's, like, you're miserable <laughs> it's hard, for the it's whole It's hard day. to finish your shit. <laughs> you have to, yeah, you have to really that start thinking about like that kind of stuff. sound like a healthy staff meal. Hmm. Um, uh, what's I, your take on that, Will? On, on, to the, on the date meal question? Or on yeah. The, well, I think, I mean, I have an anecdote about cooking dinner with a young lady at the apartment and I think it, it goes, it just goes well. It's fun. You it know? went well. That's a good. It, it went well. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it's, I think, I think in particular, a, a really encouraging. good, a really good one to do is is pasta, is to make pasta. I think it's there's something really sensual about it, and it's interactive. And I think this one time we made um, gnocchi together, mm-hmm. potato gnocchi. Um, with you know some sauce or something and a salad and it was a really nice date and that's easier to cook than having to shape a million gnocchi tediously by yourself with another hand absolutely yeah and it was cheaper than cheap yeah. going to a restaurant yeah i hate how they have like four gnocchi on your plate sometimes when you get that yeah <laughs> or ravioli I, I, I try to not order gnocchi anymore at restaurants because it's it's just it's pretty much just potatoes and <laughs> um but it's so good it's all fresh and yummy but that's good yeah i think you know for me there's something personally important about gnocchi it was one of the first things that i started cooking at my house you know when i oh. was kind of getting interested in food i mean cuz john and i both have this our past is that we you know weren't always cooks from a young age we both had normal lives and you know went to normal schools for something and stuff else and studied yeah. other things and then during 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 the time that we were studying you know intellectual things we both got interested in um you know the physical work of of cooking of and, cooking, and yeah. the, the joy that comes from that so for me gnocchi was one of those things that i practiced um over and over and got really good at making it and that was a real that was a real eye-opening experience was to you know just, it's like it's, playing with clay. Yeah, and <laughs> especially gnocchi. There's something so transformative about it because it's you're starting with really basic ingredients: a potato and a cup of flour. And Do you have a ricer for the potato? Um, I, I use a food mill. Yeah. Oh, really? That absolutely. works. Okay. A f- you know, one of the ones where you sort of turn it. I gotta like a get one of those. Crank. Guy, yeah. That would. That those would are cool. Be quicker. Yeah. Yeah. They use. You, they, you, they, not a lot of people have those. And around, what's, but they're good. Yeah, those are old-fashioned. But what's the best potato for that? 
um, finocchi? People use all different kinds of potatoes. Um, I know that some people use like Yukon Golds. Some people use like Butterballs. Um, hmm. I've seen people use just like Idaho potatoes. Yeah, I, I thought I w- that was the best. No? I don't. I don't like those as much. I don't. I think they taste a little bit like dirt to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that how much I, like dirt. I think yeah. that you should choose a potato that tastes delicious. Sweet? Yeah, and then but use I that. I thought that Yukon Gold and some of those would be too like gummy. That's what I heard. But yeah. maybe I'll have to give that a try next. Um, I, I like them. I like hmm. using them better. Cool. You don't want to use like a really waxy boiling potato because the texture's not quite right. Okay. For gnocchi, that's but what I thought. Yeah. Yukon Golds are kind of in the middle between starchy and, but you know, gnocchi. Any any, any potato is fine. And do you ever use ricotta in there, or is it potato or ricotta if you're going to do it? In, in, my, ex- in my experience, it's, there's two different ones. Yeah. yeah. There's potato it's... flour, and then there's uh, ricotta and egg right, right. with, you know, like spinach or other ingredients mixed in that you then make dumplings out of. I think that the gnocchi is also a good, like, uh, educational dish to me, because I once made it for a bunch of, actually, at the at the brewery, and everyone was like, what what are these? Maybe I maybe they're a little more misshapen than I was planning, but nobody knew what it was. And I was like, it's really easy. You just do this, and you put a potato, and blah, blah, blah. So everyone, I think, took some t- took something home from that, other than lunch. So. Yeah. yeah. So what, what, what's your best date meal? Yeah. Ah, oh, another question to me. Um, I, I I do like the pasta. I mean, I, I think I would make that on a first attempt because I feel comfortable with it. There's something very just homey and, uh, you know, it takes me back to my comfort foods and stuff. Um, any kind of noodles, actually, for that matter. So hot soup noodles would be high on the list. Something like a homemade... Not ramen, but more like Chinese soup noodles. Because oh. um, I don't have a million years to, to make a ramen stock, usually. <laughs> and, or days, sorry. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds great, takes, Kathy. takes a long time. But yeah, no, something about like the funness of a, of a noodle that you could slurp and be messy a little bit. Mm-hmm. I can see that, yeah. Sensual, like yeah, food. textures are good. Yeah. So that's my story for now. But it changes, you know, constantly, especially now that it's hot. You have to constantly try new things to try to attract yeah. the opposite sex. Yeah, but I, I hear it. You gotta always be, yeah, you always be innovating. Gotta be one step ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good to know though to hear it from other people who who uh, would like to have a date meal at home. Which um, would that be the first date you're thinking? Well, like, God, is that no, okay? Really? <laughs> I think like it really depends on end. like on the circumstances, but it seems like a little. It's much. It's a little much to invite somebody to your house on a first date, I think. You disagree. But you I, wait. That's what you had to do for two years, huh? Well, kind of. <laughs> I, think you, I think you told me that once. You said, like, that was like, that, you were telling me that was one of the hardest parts about not, yeah. eating, not eating in restaurants, right? This is kind of like my thesis. It's like <laughs> going on. What is, you know, can you do that? Is it a date if you have it, you know, I think you should. I think you should grab the bull by the horns. And, you know, Ooh. if you're going to go on a date. Hey, what about a picnic? Huh? Okay. Nobody's into picnic. Bottle well, of wine, meat and cheese, yeah, bread, picnic, sure. yeah, pickles, mm. mustard. What else? Um, san- yeah, sandwich. Smoked sandwiches. Sandwiches. Yeah, sure. I eight NY sandwiches. What's the, what's <laughs> a bottle of hot sauce made by I eight NY. What's the most date worthy sandwich? Um, Anything? Oh gosh, fish roe and. <laughs> 
Cream cheese. Right, chocolate. On a bagel. <laughs> Would date worthy sandwich? Yeah. Sandwich to go on a date and eat. Um, Are so sandwiches this is kind of a just not? If two sandwiches anything? were to go on a date, what would they? If you were to go on you're, a date and try to impress your date with a sandwich, is this you're getting the sandwich somewhere else? You're overthinking this, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm overthinking it. <laughs> no, it's all right. Everyone has their own interpretation of this question. It's always fun. Uh, See where it goes. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't really see sandwiches as date food. Per yeah, se. maybe would, that's maybe, maybe that's why we're casual. skipping. We're not. Stopped. Yeah, we. I mean, we do. Yeah, we do have a sandwich so business. Don't so go but. to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, we we like we you know we eat other food too. Although I do eat sandwiches for like most of my meals. I would say. Just so, like yeah, I know you guys were life. talking a little bit off air about expanding. I eat New York food into other foods, and hopefully, we'll see lots more fun stuff to come. But for now, I'm into checking out the the weekly sandwiches. So can't wait to keep tracking. Fantastic! Them. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Kathy. Thanks so much Thanks, for Kathy. joining, guys, and uh, good luck next Saturday. And check out their website. I eight NY. That's an eight as in the le- uh, number eight. NYfood.com. And thanks to Jack and everyone at Heritage, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. Scenes Food News with Katie Kiefer. On the PR Newswire, I read about a new drink that is being brewed up in Utah. It's called Creo Brew, C-R-I-O-B-R-U, and it's turning heads in the coffee world. Creo Brew is a healthy and delicious brewed cocoa drink. It has the essence and health properties of dark chocolate and brews just like coffee. It's made with one ingredient, 100% cocoa beans, which are roasted and milled to produce flavorful cocoa grounds. Because it is roasted and brewed, it has the consistency, roasted flavor, and complexity of a coffee. And yet, because it is made with cacao beans, its primary flavor is chocolate. And just as with coffee, sweetener and creamer can be added to taste, or you can drink it black for a bittersweet and purportedly low-calorie beverage. Just as with coffee, sweetener and creamer can be added to taste, or it can be drunk black for a bittersweet, low-calorie drink. If you want more information about this new revelation on the beverage market, I suggest that you visit their website at www.creobrew.com. That's spelled C-R-I-O-B-R-U.com. This has been Behind the Scenes Food News with Katie Kiefer. 